0: Hello and welcome to Inside the Squad, a community outreach podcast brought to you by the Lafayette Police Department in Lafayette, Indiana. Inside the Squad is hosted by Lieutenant Scott Galloway and Specialist Shawna Wainscott of the Community Outreach and Crime Prevention Unit within the department. We discuss all topics related to the day-to-day operations of the Lafayette Police Department and we feature interviews with officers and other public safety personnel who want to give you an inside look at law enforcement. Our goal is that you find this podcast interesting and informative and we hope you enjoy today's episode.
1: Welcome to another episode of Inside the Squad. I'm your host, Lieutenant Scott Galloway. And thanks for supporting us for a year now. It's been about a year since we've started doing this, and it's going great. Um, We just appreciate people listening and being interested in the Lafayette Police Department. And our goal all along has been to give insight to your police department and the issues concerning our community and policing. So today for our podcast, we're going to do something special outside the box. We're going to, for about a month, each week release a podcast on the topic of officer wellness. And so to do do that, we're going to interview what I would consider experts uh, to gain insight into the pitfalls that officers face with wellness as they travel through their law enforcement career and some of those pitfalls you might be surprised of of what actually goes on behind the scenes. So before we get started, let's say hi to our Inside the Squad team we have with us, Lieutenant Brian Gossard. How's it going, Brian? It's going really well. And we also have Specialist Shawna Wayne Scott.
2: Going good. Doing and
1: good. Shawna, you have, uh, before we get into our podcast, you have something coming up uh, on gang, a gang topic. When is that, and what is exactly is the uh, topic?
2: Yes, yeah, so at February 20th from 6 p.m. to 7.30 p.m., we are going to have a outreach with the community, and it's going to be specifically on gangs. So Officer Zambon, who kind of knows and has been to several classes on gangs, is going to come and do a presentation on What gangs are, what kind of gangs are we seeing here in Lafayette, and just a brief idea for the community so they understand what they're looking at or what they're looking for, and then we'll open it up for questions.
1: And that's on brown paper tickets? Yes. And then also we have with us uh, Patty Payne, our city communications and marketing director. Thanks, Patty, for being here. Thanks for having me. And our technical support, support with Alan and Tom, so we appreciate them hooking us up with all the things we do here. So uh, well, let's get into it, and as I mentioned, we've invited some guests that I would say are beyond knowledgeable in the field of wellness, and all, all kinds of wellness, and particularly how it relates to police officers. So in our four-part series, we're going to cover nutrition, stress, sleep, and exercise, and uh, they all relate to even everybody's general life, so I hope you all listen to this and get something out of it. To uh, have these conversations, we're going to welcome back Chief Pat Flanelly.
3: Thanks, Scott great to be here and also
1: uh, great to have you back and Dr. Will Miller is joining us he's our staff psychologist at LPD so welcome back Dr. Will always a pleasure and introducing uh, crime prevention specialist Ian O'Shields thanks
4: Ian for being here Thank you for saving the best for last. He's our exercise
1: guru. So (laughs) our first topic is going to be on nutrition. And um, just off the top here, officers have a 12% higher obesity rate than the general population. And, Chief, I'll kick it to you to start off. What can you explain is going on with that? Why do we have a 12% higher rate of obesity in law enforcement?
3: Well, what that equates to is 40% of police officers in America are overweight or obese. Um, So that's, that's a pretty high number. Uh, what contributes to that? There's a lot of things that contribute to it. I think um, in the end, what it boils down to is stress, lack of fitness, shift work, which really uh, a lot of people. If you haven't ever worked shift work, um, and we brought Brian back today just to talk about these these uh, the joys of shift work, uh, nutrition, diet, nutrition, what we eat, um, and then really just um, overall. Uh, work-life balance and skills and being able to manage all of these things in our busy lives we all have you know outside of being police officers we're also uh, community members and and family men we all have children and in different activities and things that we're involved in and so it's a it's, it's not a simple answer but I do think that there are probably some simple solutions and we can talk about some of those things today. Can you
5: explain uh Uh, metabolic syndrome and why officers uh, are almost 10 times more likely to get it.
3: Ian, you want to take a crack at that? I know you're chomping at the bit.
5: I'll
4: take this one. So uh, metabolic syndrome. um, I had no clue what this was until I went out to Reno, Nevada, and uh, met with the folks at Specialty Health. Hello to Greeny and Ethan and Shanti. Don't want to forget about Shanti. Uh, So metabolic syndrome, it's also known as insulin resistance syndrome or syndrome X uh, essentially, it's a cluster of risk factors that are responsible for the excess cardiovascular disease among overweight and obese obese folks, um, and also people with type two diabetes. So, and each component of metabolic syndrome is associated with cardiovascular disease. So, the way that we're kind of that we're attacking that is by uh, um, insulin resistance. We're we're checking on people's insulin resistance. Which is one of the
3: characteristics of metabolic syndrome. So. so just in basic terms, if you've never heard of metabolic syndrome and you don't know what insulin resistance, if you don't know what that is, how, how do you find out and how do you know?
4: So what we have done, we teamed up with specialty health, um, and we're going we took 10 guys, and we started off by sending them to LabCorp, and we got their blood work done. It was called an NMR. Uh, and as they uh, put it, uh, we're checking what's under the hood, uh, cause you can look fit on the outside, but, uh, really your blood work kind of shows it all. And
1: th- these are police officers that
4: you're. Yes, sir. This? Yes, sir. I okay. apologize. Yeah. No problem. So 10 of our police officers, okay. uh, went and got that done. So for the past six months, uh, we've been checking their bios, which are, um, so I take their weight, their blood pressure. We check their fasting blood sugar. So I try to have them to fast for at least two hours before I check their glucose. Um, and then also their abdominal circumference. And so those are signs of whether or not you're insulin resistant. Uh, so what's insulin resistance? Insulin resistance is a condition where your body, uh, does not utilize the glucose or I'm sorry, the insulin that it, that it creates. So, um, when you eat carbohydrates, uh, especially, you know, the simple sugar, or the the bad stuff, you know, the Twinkies, Ho Hos, uh, donuts, the processed foods, <laughs> the donuts, foods that, the donuts, the donuts, <laughs> yes, the stuff that you should stay away from. Uh, you get a, a spike in uh, blood sugar, right? The, that food turns into blood sugar in the body, and then your body creates insulin. Well, those two don't connect when you're insulin resistant. So what happens is the glucose kind of just floats around or I'm sorry, the insulin floats around and the glucose, i.e. blood sugar, it just turns into body fat.
6: You wanna, and one of the uh, the things that I think a lot of people in the public don't appreciate, it was an interesting to me, is on a 12-hour shift, it stands to reason, you got to eat. There's at least right. one meal in there. And if you're busy and stuff, how easy and, you know, tempting it is to kind of do some eating on the run. And, you know, it's, it's not like, you know, you're able to have a completely controlled discipline about where you're going to eat, when you're going to eat et cetera. It's very uh, difficult for police officers in that situation. And so the cliche about how you snack or you pop into some fast food thing, well, you know, give yourselves a break. It's it's that it's a harder discipline in this profession than it would be for, you know, another profession where you can sort of say I'm going to eat this meal, I'm going to try this discipline of eating at this time and so it's a real challenge that is not about discipline it's about lifestyle of the of the police officer
4: you took the words out of my mouth there will good i like it yes it is about lifestyle and uh you know although a lot of those things are tempting you know big mac tempting i don't know to some uh you know milkshakes all that other all other good stuff Uh, but if you just make simple choices like the chief said Uh, you know, you can easily turn that around. There's a bunch of good foods out there that
3: are easy to get uh, that are, that are pretty cheap as well. So. Yep. And I think also where this is a particular concern for police officers and this right up your, right up your alley, Dr. Will. um, And and you're very familiar with the work of Dr. Kevin Gilmartin. Mm -hmm. And uh, I was fortunate enough to hear him speak again, just, just last week at our Indiana chiefs conference. And it was interesting to me because, you know, he's, he's, and we don't necessarily need to talk about hypervigilance today but i think it's a for for most people in the general public the simple way to to describe this this state of hypervigilance that police officers experience is that when they when they go to work there's re, it's almost like a physiological switch that they're turning on that's preparing mm-hmm. them for uh, danger and and to do the things that we need to do and to be prepared for it the body goes into a different physiological state and it doesn't quite come out of that state as as simple as turning that switch back off i mean there's a there's a winding down process, and what was interesting to me is that having uh, hadn't seen him lecture in in several years and he really his focus now is it's it's still on hypervigilance, but it's also about uh, the metabolic response in the body to stress and to what we experience and how that uh, can Exacerbate some of the problems that we have with hypervigilance, So in in the end, it really comes down to uh, keeping yourself in shape, and that if you the more physically fit you are, uh, the better your nutrition plan, uh, the better you take care of yourself, the more resilient you become. So in essence, you know, nutrition uh, becomes a uh, a larger component of a resilience program that that can really that it ties in everything.
6: And as Ian points out, it's all about the blood. 30 million Americans have type 2 bio- diabetes. Only 10 million know they do. And if you add up the percentage of the number of people in America, Americans who are at risk for it, seriously, it's the number is 90 million. <laughs> so it's, mm. yeah, I mean, that's we're talking about this, the wholeness of your health and the, and the strategies you need to, to deal with that. So we
5: kind of touched on it a little bit, but uh, being... Uh, midnight officer um the the options just aren't there if you are not diligent and planful um with your with your nutrition um after you know nine or ten o'clock the city kind of uh dials it way down with the businesses closing and the only options available are uh, a few fast food uh places uh gas stations convenience stores and they don't stock a lot of uh healthy meals. Um and we were just talking the other day about uh you know the stigma of uh police and their affinity for donuts. And you were telling me, uh, Lieutenant Galloway that um where did that all start?
1: So um and this may be a wife's tale or I don't know how accurate this is, but when Policing, you know, was, was turned into more of an all-night, 24-hour thing, shift work. The only place that was open would be donut shops. So it wasn't necessarily the donuts that people were interested in. It was the coffee and some place to get something maybe to eat, and then it, it um, congealed into now officers liking donuts. So, <laughs> and, and you know, that, let's, not be, let's not lie here, they're delicious, right? But I could even say yeah, are uh, not a good choice uh, ever to, right. to have a donut.
3: When's the last time you've seen me eat a donut? (laughs) Yeah,
1: yeah. Trade in your donuts for protein shakes now, right?
3: Well, so I I did my first wellness lecture for the police department in 1999, and I had read a book written by a man named Phil Maffetone. He wrote this book called In Fitness and Health, and he he trains triathletes. um, And he was probably one of these really early adopters on things that we probably should all be doing but in that he had one specific page that was dedicated to why we shouldn't eat donuts and so as a as a young police officer it caught my attention and this is and so i actually copied that page and hung it up on the bulletin board in uh, in the police department and people were mad at me for a while and they still get mad at me when i tell them why you shouldn't but uh, and maybe the way that they they make donuts now has changed but in essence a donut is made when they take this the dough uh, but they drop it into the grease. The grease, in particular, is not just—it's not just regular fryer grease. And um, if you, if you've ever worked in a fast food restaurant, like I did back in the day in Wendy's or if McDonald's or whatever, it—the the grease that you're done with French fries and stuff—they take it out back and they pour it into these big vats, and you know the smelly things in the back of the parking lot where they try to hide. Well, a truck comes by, picks that stuff up, and takes it away. And Well, they don't just take it to the dump. They would take it to a refining uh, location where they would clean it out, and they would filter it and run through uh, a, a, several filtration processes because it would leave you with this really light oil that could be then used to fry donuts. Wow. And so that's where you get that light, crispy, mm. you know, that where it just floats up, and inside of one donut, the, the carcinogens from that oil, from the, the reheating and the lowing, will, will circulate in your body for up to three months. So if you're looking for – so we're not even talking about the sugars involved and everything else that they dunk on top of the, uh, of the donut itself. Quite, a donut could quite possibly be the worst thing that you could eat. And so if, uh, hmm. you know, not, only, not only are you looking at a cancer-causing little – delectable piece uh you know and for me anyway so i don't look i don't i don't look at donuts the same way anymore and i think that kind of boils down to nutrition in and of itself is that you have to find ways to look at things that are healthy uh that you can get on board with and that there's a there's a good reason behind why you should eat it or why you should not eat it and that's my reason why i don't eat donuts (laughs) so
2: I'll throw this to uh, to you, Ian. I know you haven't been off the road that long, and obviously Lieutenant Gossard is back on the road. So what are your suggestions for officers of what can they do to eat better? Because obviously with shift work, you know, sometimes we don't get a meal break, and people don't understand that, that sometimes we're just so busy that, I mean, we have to eat on the go sometimes.
4: Kind of wanted to. Touch on two points there, so eating on the go and, and and being busy and whatnot you know that's the perfect opportunity to where you're gonna meal prep so you know take take an afternoon and you're going to you're gonna make all your meals for the whole week I mean there's a lot of people that do that you'll you know cook your chicken cook your vegetables, throw it in a bunch of separate Tupperware bowls, throw it in the fridge and then when you go out for that day of work, grab a couple of them and and there's your meals right there so you don't have to stop anywhere except maybe uh, to, to microwave them, and you can even go to a gas station for that because I've done it um, instead of putting the roller dogs in there that they have, right? <laughs> uh, so, you know, so meal prepping, and it's it's a lot cheaper than eating out all the time, and obviously it's a lot healthier. Uh, going back to what uh, Lieutenant Gossard was talking about as far as how it's difficult to find places to eat, I don't really want to say – I don't think it's difficult. I think it's just education. I I know for a fact that I've had many of my guys uh, and ladies at the department come to me, and they just don't realize what's good and bad for you. And you can go to IHOP and and eat a nutritious meal. Just don't get the pancakes. You know what I mean? Uh, You get those pancakes, and and you pour that boatload of delicious syrup on top. You know, it's absolutely horrible. And a calorie is not a calorie is not a calorie. Correct, So
5: you can eat 2,000 calories worth of Twinkies – it's not going to be necessarily so good It's for
4: comparable you. to 2,000 calories of vegetables. Or steak. Yeah. So my whole point is is that even though you're working midnights, you know, I know it's tough, but there are good decisions out there. Say you didn't meal prep. Uh, grocery stores, there's 24-hour grocery stores where you can get, um, you can get salads, uh, you know. And like I said, go to IHOP. I'm just using that as an example. You know, you can get your eggs and bacon. Yes, you can eat bacon. Uh, and you can have a
3: good uh, nutritious meal. Just don't get the pancakes, all right? And I think ultimately what we're trying to do here is is create good nutritional habits so we can maintain a healthy officer. And that's we're all faced with these choices every single day, and and none of them are easy. And uh, the food manufacturers uh, don't make it easy for you. And I'm sure Dr. Will could talk all day about, you know, when we talk about willpower – and how how, many, how often can you actually resist that temptation? So you, our example of the IHOP is: if I go in there, I can eat a healthy meal, but darn those pancakes! That smells so on the good. <laughs> yeah, and that it's you know you're literally triggering uh, a physiological response in your brain that's saying you better eat those pancakes like right now because um, I want that sugar, uh, and and that's. And so if you do the things that Ian's talking about by prepare, preparing in advance, make some food or have a plan, have a healthy snack with you. So on those days where you don't get a meal break and, you know, I think we can kind of wrap this up by by just the, and I think the perception out there that, you know, the cops will sit in donut shops and coffee shops and things like that all night long. Well, that may have been a case or maybe that's still the case in, in some areas and, you know, that's by design in a lot of cases where we, we want exposure. We want to have interactions with people. And those are great places to, to meet and greet with people and just kind of share experiences. But I think when people, that, that stereotype of the big fat cop sitting in the donut shop not doing anything, well, let's look into that. Let's, let's take a deep dive into that picture and, and ask ourselves, how did he get there and why is he, why is he overweight? Um, what are the stressors that he's experiencing on the job, what is is the physiological response to that, the the spike in cortisol that he's getting on these calls when he's running from call to call, and how that affects uh, his ability to make good food choices if he hasn't planned for it in advance. Uh, And these are all things that we're trying to teach our officers, and I think it's important for us and for our community to, to know that Uh, health is our it really it does need to be our number one priority because uh, it's hard to take care of other people and care for other people if you're struggling to care for yourself first and just to make it applicable to
4: not just cops but everybody Nobody goes into IHOP and eats those – they're they're delicious in the moment, but I can confidently say that everybody leaves going, I wish I didn't eat that. So, you know, we can all make better choices. This isn't just about police officers.
1: And, and Chief, you guys did make a great segue into what the spirit of of this entire conversation is going to be. Is Next week we're going to talk about stress and that – All this relates back to the nutrition portion we just talked about kind of as a base of of officers. So just recapping, officers do have a higher obesity rate. Uh, Food choice is often a problem based on on, um, shift work. And then stress is always, like Dr. Will said, at the uh, pinnacle of everything we deal with is stress-related. So we're going to close it out for this week. And next week we're going to talk about stress. So make sure you um, pick up on all of our podcasts. Go back and listen to – prior episodes, and then we'll catch you next week when we talk about stress. Thanks, guys.
0: Thank you for listening to this episode of Inside the Squad from the Lafayette Police Department in Lafayette, Indiana. Be sure to check out past episodes and subscribe for new ones on SoundCloud, iTunes, Google Play, or wherever you listen to podcasts. If you have a question for the show, you can email it to podcast at lafayette.in.gov or connect with us on Nextdoor, Twitter, and on our website, lafayettepolice.us. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time on Inside the Squad.